This is Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine, Canada's leading source for poultry news, research, and trends for more than 100 years. You've tuned in to hear important conversations with industry leaders, producers, researchers, and other experts. Hi, I'm Brett Ruffle, editor of Canadian Poultry Magazine. Welcome to our Year in Review podcast series. For these interviews, I spoke with leaders from the four supply and managed poultry sectors to hear their views on the biggest stories from 2023. In this episode, I chat with Phil Boyd, Executive Director of Turkey Farms of Canada. We discussed the most important developments for turkey producers last year. Let's talk to Phil. Looking back on the last 12 months, what were the two or three biggest takeaways for the turkey industry? Well, similar to last year, the 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 big uh, the big concern that we've got going now, the big issue we're being confronted with is avian influenza. Uh, it's it's been uh, a number of detections over the course of the fall, following a fairly uh, rough spring as well. So yeah, it it you know it's a devastating uh, infection to get in a turkey barn. Um, it's tough on the farmer emotionally mentally physically just draining financially difficult uh it's difficult on the downstream uh participants in the sector as well in terms of scheduled processing and the interruptions to to their to their supply and creates a, a ripple effect uh across the board i think this year is just in the fall since the first of september there's been about 85 detections across the country um so yeah definitely a major major issue that everybody's contending with particularly those that are right close to the farms the farmers cfia officials and staff and the uh the local industry so really a big issue yeah it seemed like up until the fall like even mainstream media had reports about you know the industry it looked like they'd they were moving past avian influenza and then it just came back hard in the fall it did. It came back uh, quite hard, actually. I think part of it is if we watch what happens in Europe and we watch the watch the pattern emerging there, uh, we could see it happening. We could see that you know there was a, a, I think fewer detections last time I checked. I haven't checked for a few days. Um, there was a number of detections in the states, and then it really started to take off here as well. I think at this point, though, in terms of kind of totals, total numbers, and I'm just looking at September 1st to, to date, basically. Uh, last year, there was about 556,000 turkeys had to be euthanized in that uh, in that time frame. And this year, it's been about 290,000. So fewer turkeys have had to be euthanized because of ai outbreaks but certainly the it's it's affected other species as well or other sectors as well so do you think this is just something that the industry will have to deal with for a few years to come i'm not a veterinarian i'm not an epidemiologist but uh, uh, it seems you know europe is probably into year three or four we're kind of into you know significant outbreak year two um I, I don't want to be, you know, I, I can't forecast what next year is going to look like, but I, th- I certainly think everybody's really doing everything they can to prevent major detections again. 
uh, and and hoping for the best come spring. And what would be the uh, second biggest issue for the turkey industry this past year? I think we're watching an interesting marketplace uh, in our sector. Um, post uh, post COVID, uh, we're starting to see some nice uh, market strength. We're starting to see our, our our volume grow again. Prior to COVID, we did a uh, we did a product uh, we we reduced production. Uh, significantly to kind of reset the marketplace. The, the, the market was not in good shape. Prices were weak, uh, certainly uh, post-farm gate. And then with COVID, our board decided to make another reduction uh, in volume just because of all of the unknown in the black box that COVID was creating at the time. So that was significant. Uh, but as we've come out of COVID, and in in the kind of the environment of the competing meats right now, uh, our market has strengthened. I think we have a reasonably good balance on production. Inventories are 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 plentiful, but they're a trimmer than they were prior to uh, the major reduction our board decided to implement back in 2021. I think, um, and we've regained about three quarters of our to of our combined reduction uh, for the market reset and the COVID reduction. So we're seeing some growth come back. Uh, our, our domestic disappearance uh, on the 12 months ending in October is up substantially from the year prior in terms of movement into, into retail and food service. Uh, Thanksgiving numbers uh, this year look better than last year. Uh, and so we're seeing some price stability at retail as well. Uh, I know at, around Thanksgiving, there was some controversy about turkey prices. Uh, our, our research showed them about the same as last year, maybe a tad higher, but really not substantially different. And again, as we're watching the, the retail pricing going into Christmas, we're starting to see a similar pattern. Prices are pretty much the same as last year, uh, heading into the, the, the Christmas market. And so I think, you know, we're cautiously optimistic. We, we end calendar 2023, uh, in reasonably good shape. Uh, with some strength in the marketplace and with some momentum from the consuming public. Uh, supporting that is our national marketing campaign that we do in partnership with the primary processing sector. Uh, it's been running now, I think, just finishing up its fifth year. And we're seeing the, uh, we're seeing the needle tick in the right direction in terms of consumer response to the campaigns and, uh, and awareness uh, just kind of more top of mind perhaps than it was four years ago in terms of a, of a really good uh, center plate meat protein alternative to, to other choices. So I think there's a number of things working well right now. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm reluctant to get overly optimistic, you know, uh, Brett, but still, uh, I think there's a lot of things that are, are ticking in the right direction. But all of that, of course, is clouded by the, by the uncertainty of the avian influenza as well has an impact for sure yeah has that had an impact on supply well last year about this time there was quite a lot of press about turkeys turkey shortages uh and concerns about turkey supply but uh, you know our marketplace is served well by fresh product and by frozen product and, you know, the industry, the sectors involved, you know, they were able to move the turkeys from inventory to where they were needed. 
there may have been some some tightness in local markets uh, for fresh turkeys and in, in, in kind of the you know the boutique shops or the the butcher shops that was last year this year uh supply supplies up up from last year um our inventories are up a little bit as well uh depending on the region of the country there may be a you know a small kind of tightness in some areas maybe fresh uh fresh turkey supply could be could be hurt by ai but on balance again i think the the supply in the marketplace is adequate or more than adequate to to meet uh, consumer demands over the over the festive season so i don't know that there's any major concern across the board right now about lack of supply in uh, of turkeys for for christmas how is growth outside of thanksgiving and christmas like i know you're always trying to grow turkey consumption outside mm -hmm. of those seasons so what we've noticed, and I, again, I'll go back to our national marketing campaign that, you know, it's an all-year campaign, it's, it's an all-year campaign, uh, TV, print ad, magazines, social media, uh, public relations components to it all, and some partnerships. And I think in general, what we're seeing is an evolution away from whole bird consumption to uh turkey breast roast to different parts to different value added products and they tend to be uh they tend to be you know uh, they favor the non-festive seasons in that sense and so i think we're seeing again some buoyancy in that part of the marketplace it's a difficult uh nut to crack of course uh but again you know cautiously optimistic that we're making inroads in that as we have for the past several years and uh, I think we're on the we're on the uptick there as well. Certainly, in the competing protein environment, uh, turkey can you know whole bird continues to be a pretty economical choice in terms of uh, a consumer spend. You know, a six kilogram turkey is twenty six to thirty two dollars, but you know it'll it'll feed a sitting of twelve or thirteen people. So, and if there's not twelve or thirteen at the first sitting, there's great leftovers as well. So. This is uh, this is where we see some advantage, uh, but this is a matter of getting that information uh, to the consumer and to and to folks that uh, would be you know uh, new Canadians, next generation Canadians. They come from parts of the world where turkey is not not on their menus. It's not a known a known protein at all, and so we <clears throat> we are seeing uh, you know some good opportunity there. It's a challenge, but some really good opportunity, and and that is in part one of the focus points of our uh, of our marketing campaign. In addition to that, I know the the provincial marketing boards, to varying degrees, have have um, their own marketing campaigns where they leverage the national one, or they have their own specific uh, 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 strategies and tactics. And I know that the 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 ethnic market piece, uh, the ethnic market focus is significant for a number of those boards as well. Are there any other big issues that stand out that you want to highlight from the last year? Uh, not so much from the last year. I think those are really the, the two, the two really important ones. Um, a third, a third point we did, uh, our board finished off a life cycle assessment for Turkey production. Uh, earlier in 2023, and looked at uh, looked at that report uh, in the first chunk of the year, and so moving forward on that, 
we'll be looking at what we can do to continue to reduce the environmental, you know, footprint of turkey operations. Um, our, our result was fairly positive uh, uh, in terms of how we're situated now, and then we'll look to, you know, marginal improvements as the years go on. It's likely we would do another life cycle assessment study in probably four or five years just to see what kind of progress the sector's been able to make. And so that, that, you know, that was a kind of a highlight of the year for sure. Not an emerging concern, but a really good piece of work that we had done for us. And uh, we're, we're pretty focused on moving forward from that study to see what, uh, to see what we can do next. So that was, uh, that was a, certainly a highlight of the year. So between avian influenza, some, uh, you know, cautiously optimistic about our marketplace and the, and the, the years ahead. Uh, our life cycle assessment, our board, uh, fourthly, our board's just uh, in the process of finalizing a strategic plan for the next three years, 24 to 26. And there's some really interesting elements in that that our, that our board will put its mind to and uh, we'll see what emerges early in the new year from, from that particular strategic plan. Uh, fifth and final, we're always watching what happens in international trade agreements and international trade negotiations. Uh, we'll have a representative uh, from here at the ministerial conference that's being held in the Middle East in February. That's the WTO ministerial conference. Um, certainly, there seems to be a little bit of uh, action at WTO these days, uh, largely with some ambition to see something emerge from the ministerial conference that uh, is substantial. So we're watching that file really closely. We're watching uh, any international trade uh, agreement or negotiation really closely and uh, you know our, our supply management system uh, relies in part on import measures with tariff rate quotas and over quota tariffs and we don't want to see them tampered with uh, in any future negotiation at all uh, because if they are it just takes production off Canadian farms uh, it takes some some uh, production out of processing plants as well and uh, we, we just really don't want to see that happen any any further. The Canadian industry was worried about turkey imports from uh, Chile, I think it was, from CPTPP? That's correct. A little bit of background on that. When the CPTPP was, uh, was uh, agreed to, and then I, the United States pulled out of, the, out of the agreement, that really left Chile as the one country the one signatory country that could uh, scale up turkey production and uh, importers here would find sources of product there. One challenge that emerged was the Chilean government did not ratify the agreement uh, until a couple of years ago. And the way that the agreement unfolded, uh, there would be six significant increases in market access in six years and then a small marginal increase for the next number of years. Uh, but by the time Chile ratified the agreement, we were in year five or six of implementation. And so expecting no phase in of increased imports, but really uh, a major increase in imports all at once, just because of the delay in ratification in Chile. And so uh, we have seen some imports from Chile uh, under the TPP, um, the CPTPP, sorry. And, uh, but they, they haven't unfolded quite yet. There was avian influenza, uh, detections in Chile. 
last year, and that, of course that uh, that prevented uh, importation from Chile. Uh, we've seen some so far this year. Uh, we expect that it'll like largely be utilized by Canadian importers as the year unfolds, um, but we'll see. The other point that's interesting on that one, Chile has been able to export turkey meat to Canada for a long time. And we've seen it come in under the WTO tariff rate quotas. And then, you know, it, th there's a limit on the WTO tariff rate quotas. And so we would see imports from the States and from Chile. Uh, Chile was a pretty significant exporter in terms of their share of Canadian imports for a period of time. And then it kind of, it kind of, uh, went backwards a little bit or their numbers declined, but with the CPTPP, this is a new TRQ. So this just adds to our existing WTO TRQ. And between, between that and the new Cosma, when everything's finally said and done and implementations, uh, complete, uh, those two agreements will have almost doubled our import market access. Uh, and so, yeah, we're really concerned. Our industry will have to find its way through it uh, as it emerges, uh, but it's that it's really driving our board to say, please don't, you know, no more give up of Canadian production uh, through these trade agreements because just every time there's a marginal reduction in production, it it hurts the sector in our view. Okay, well, thanks a lot for joining me. Thanks for tuning in to Feather Forum, the podcast by Canadian Poultry Magazine. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit CanadianPoultryMag.com slash podcasts.